Well, hey there, preachers. And today we're starting a brand new four-week series. It's called The Good Place. And we're on with Scott Kreps. He wrote uh, week number one. Before we get into week one, Scott, why don't you just give us an overview of where we're going in this series? Yeah. So I think every human, I know every human, doesn't matter if you're religious or not, if you're Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, whatever you are, um, we all have thoughts and questions and wonder about things like death and the afterlife and heaven and hell. And so we put together this series that's going to tackle some of those issues, heaven, hell, death, how do you find salvation, all those kinds of things. And we're calling it The Good Place. There's a popular NBC show you might have heard of called The Good Place. And in that show, they kind of have an inventive view of what happens after you die. And um, I don't want to spoil anything about that show, but it's kind of an interesting look, especially if you're a, a pastor. Um, it's an interesting look on just different views and philosophies about what happens after you die. And they kind of play around with some of those things. We won't bring too much of that in, of the show into the sermon, but it's kind of a launching point for us to talk about these issues. And one thing that I'm excited about is that these are questions that every human has, and we can find definitive authoritative answers in the Bible to the, uh, to these questions that we all have. Yeah, and so the sermons, week one is about death, week two is about hell, week three is about heaven, and then week four is another twist on heaven, right? So that's kind of the trajectory of the whole sermon series. That's right, and our big idea for the series is what you believe about eternity determines how you live today. And so um, it really matters, you know, what you think about the afterlife, because if you think nothing's going to happen at, when you die, then you'll just live for the moment and you'll live probably without fear of consequences. Mm -hmm. If you think that God is going to, you know, weigh out your good and your bad deeds, and if your good is better than your bad, he'll let you into heaven, which I know we all know is not true, but just hypothetically, if that's what you believe, mm -hmm. then you would live accordingly. Sure. Um, if you believe that there is a savior named Jesus Christ and salvation is through him alone, then you're going to trust in him. So hopefully at least. And so um, really what you think about life after death is going to profoundly impact what you do with your life today. Yeah, that's good. So in this first week, it's kind of a setup because you're going to, and I think each one of these weeks, we have to be careful to be aware of what's coming up in the following weeks, right? So in the first week, you're titling it First You Die, and you're talking about death and the reality of death. We're not really going to talk a whole lot about heaven and hell in eternity yet. We're just talking about the fact and reality of death. Yeah, sort of a biblical understanding of death. And so to get into that, you know, we can, there's all kinds of different ways. If you want to describe the first funeral that you ever went to, especially if it was kind of confusing and maybe kind of weird to you, or if there's some humorous observations you made, um, not to make light of anyone's particular death, but you don't, you know, it, sometimes we, there's some odd, funny funeral experiences we've all had. Um, or if it's, you know, questions, maybe your kid asked you about death that you weren't prepared to answer, or maybe they even stumped you on. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can kind of get into this message. But the point is, um, you know, I, I, even sometimes this joke's maybe a little tired, but I'll say, you know, there's two things that no one can avoid, taxes and death. And so we're going to talk about death, <laughs> you know. And so I, so I and I often get a pity laugh, like you gave me there, Brian. So thank you. Uh, but, so there's just a lot of ways to get into a very serious topic. And it is serious. And um, we are going to deal with some heavy themes, especially in a couple, uh, couple lessons. But, um, you know, we, I think we can all agree that there's also a few things to smile about, even, even when it comes to death. Um, there's a few things that just us as humans are kind of silly about. Yeah. Even when you said that, it brings up what, how I might hook this first sermon is one of my funeral stories. 
where I went to this thing, I was just kind of called in to do this funeral. I didn't know the guy, I didn't know the family, but I went out there to do it. And it was almost comical how they all just totally bashed the guy who right, had died. Right, right. And there, I mean, it was it was comical to me afterward, just like, you know, because I'm get I'm coming there ready to share some nice, kind, uplifting words. And and I let that some of them share before I shared. And they were just like, this guy was horrible. <laughs> he was a terrible person. He was a terrible dad. He was a terrible brother. He was a terrible son, whatever. And I just was like, oh boy, I might need to rewrite my uh, <laughs> right. sermon. Right. Yeah. Maybe, I'm sure you can, say, got, uh, you can say, well, his dog liked him, but maybe that, that was it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, some people might have a good lighthearted opening, but but it's a heavy it's a heavy topic. And so, Scott, I'll give the, the main points and then let's break down each one of them. The first point you're going to bring us to is that death isn't the end of existence. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to move to the fact that death ends our ability to choose or reject Jesus. So you're using the word end each time. Pay attention to that, all you preachers preaching this. And then your third point is that death meets its end in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So let's go back up to that first point. Um, or anything else you want to say about how you're getting into the sermon uh, before you get into this first point that death isn't the end of existence? No, I think uh, I think we 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 gave a lot of good opportunities. There are a lot of ideas. There's even some more in the notes. I, I'd say just be just be a little careful. We could easily get carried away in your 15 minutes into your message and you haven't started point one. So don't you know be be aware of that. Yeah. So then you're you're talking in this first point then about. You know the real, the not just the reality of death, but really the the reality of an afterlife. That's right. So this is a really obvious point for preachers and for Christians, but we need to establish it, and that's that death is not the end. Um, it's not the end of existence. We continue to live on after death. Everybody continues to live on after death. Christians, non-Christians, all of us. And so there's the Ecclesiastes verse, which establishes that. Um, especially verse seven, dust will return to the earth. The spirit will return to God who gave it. So the idea is for the Christian or sorry, not for the Christian, for anybody upon death, um, what happens is our physical body is separated from our spirit or from our soul. And so um, that's really what goes on in death. You continue to live on, you continue to exist, but you're not with your physical body. And that's very different because we all live in our physical bodies today, uh, but we're not going to immediately after death. And so we're establishing that principle. Jesus, he talks about the fact that some people can kill your body, but um, fear the one God who can kill your body and your soul, um, you know, punish your soul for all eternity. So that's, that's this idea that, that really you're starting a new kind of existence upon death. And just as we continue on this point a little deeper, just to say, um, and we don't want to get lost here, but this is not God's original intention for humans. Death wasn't part of the original plan. Um, Humans were were not supposed to die. But sin, Genesis 3, right? Adam and Eve brought sin into the world, into the human race. And so 1 Corinthians 15, 21 says, death came into the world through a man. Um, and, And so as a result... Um, this is a frustration of God's original plan. And so death isn't natural. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, in verse 26 of First Corinthians 15 says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So the Bible clearly says that, that death is an enemy. Death's not natural. It's not right. It's not good. Um, and so, you know, any sort of 
I can't imagine, I hope at your church, Christians don't have a sort of a cult of death view, but you know, anything <clears throat> culturally that sort of celebrates death as like a good thing or as a positive thing on its own is really contrary to what the Bible teaches. Yeah, that's good. I, I remember we had done a sermon some years back on this. And one of the thing, one of the points you made, which is simple, but profound is death is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, death isn't a good, I know we can sometimes if someone is suffering for a long time where we think, okay, well, they're not suffering anymore, but, but fundamentally death is bad and it's right to grieve and it's right to be sad about death. Um, but I, so that's one point you make here, but I, I like, I like this other point. I do think it's profound. I, I'm, I think about this for my kids. I think they'll learn something from this, that death is fundamentally a separation of body and soul. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of you that only lives here that's temporary. And there's a part of you, we will call that the soul that is eternal, mm -hmm. that, that, goes on forever. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is a that's an important point to realize and has some implications for other things and future messages. So, yeah. So then in your transition you say so death isn't the end of our existence, but it is the end of something and that gets into your second point. Right. So death's the end of our ability to choose or reject Jesus. And so what we're trying to say here is there's no do-over when it comes to your your eternity and your um, ability to choose Oh, I shouldn't say choose because I don't mean, yeah, well, I mean, choose with understanding God's grace and all those things behind it. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, this life is the opportunity that God gives us to either accept the work of Jesus on the cross or reject it. You know, however you're going to say that, in a right. sermon, please probably make it clearer than what I just did there. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, this life's the, ch is the opportunity. There's no second chances after you die. God's not going to say, here's the gospel one more time. Are you sure you don't want it? Um, you know, there's no purgatory where we can work off our sin, qualify for heaven or anything like that. This life is the opportunity we have. And so Hebrews 9.27 makes that crystal clear. Each person, every one of us, we die once. And after that comes judgment. And the biggest picture we can think of that is the judgment of faith. You know, did you believe in Jesus or not? And um, there's the story of Lazarus, the rich man in Luke 16, which is a, just another picture of Lazarus wants, or the rich man rather, wants to make a different choice, but he's dead and he can't. So really, your our destiny is sealed upon death. And, um, mm -hmm. and that's just the reality. So it's a simple point, but it's really important because there's a lot of faulty ideas about what could happen after you die. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think what's, I like we have in your notes here is this idea of a mulligan that we, that there are no mulligans after you die. Like, like we have when we play golf, we let you hit a couple off the first tee. Um, but there are no mulligans. And I know that's kind of a, sobering point you know i think we we have to keep in mind that some people are going to be hearing this for the very first time and so scott i guess what would you because obviously this then is going to point toward the next few sermons but we don't want to make them sweat it out for three weeks how far are you going to go in terms of sharing the gospel in this point um I, in the next point we're going to get there and we're, we're going to lay it out um <laughs> you know i i do how I see this point ending, the second point right now, is just pastorally. And um, I mean, this is something I've said a few different times, but I think it's worth repeating that I can think of people in my life. I mean, right now I can think of people who I'm Facebook friends with today who, when we were like in college, were like, you know, I, 
I'm kind of putting God on the shelf to later in life. Like I'll deal with God later. I'll, I'll deal with Jesus later. I'll come back to God or find God later in life. I'm going to, going to do my own thing right now or however they said it. And all of those people who told me that none of them are walking with God today. You know, none of them have a relationship with Jesus. And I mean, this is a bit sobering, but you know, how long they don't know how long they have left on this earth. They don't know, you know, when tragically they might just die through whatever circumstances and it's too late at that point. And so Mm -hmm. I just think it's so foolish to play with God and to just to be so cavalier with your eternity and be like, well, I'll I'll figure that out in the future. Um, Because no, now's our chance. Now's our opportunity. And so um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too dramatic about that, but, but it's Mm -hmm. real. And so I think people need to wrestle with that. Yeah, it brings to mind a recent friend of mine who was on his deathbed and was an agnostic his whole life. And uh, a friend of a friend of mine, another friend of mine went over with me to talk with him and just to plead with him, mm. to plead with him to come to faith in Christ. Mm. And he wouldn't do it. Mm. He was too, pr- he was too proud to do it. And we were, I mean, it was heartbreaking for us to to just share like it was like we let all the walls down and we just shared with all the courage and clarity that we could muster up mm-hmm. and just said you know Jesus it's not too late Jesus wants you mm-hmm. he he wants you to accept him he still he still will accept you like the easter sermon right the mm-hmm. thief on the cross and he was just too pr- he was too proud to walk through that door even on his deathbed which a lot of times on a deathbed someone will do that but in his case mm-hmm. He didn't do it. It, was, it just really broke my heart. And I, I think I'll share a part of that story because some people might relate to that. Yeah. Some people that for some people that might really grab. Them. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. I think it's very powerful. Okay, so then you transition then to this last point that you know. So how if we're Christians, if we if we've accepted Christ, and how do we face death? And this is where you get into the, your last point: that death meets its end in Jesus. And again. You're still talking in general terms. We're not going to get into the details of heaven. We'll do that in week three. But so, how are you going to unpack this point? Right. I what I see. Um, although after your gripping story, I don't know if I have a great transition for it now. But uh, I, you know, I, I was <laughs> thinking just you go to funerals, and as a pastor, we get to attend and officiate a lot of funerals, and people say things like "He's in a better place," or you know, "We'll see them again one day," and a lot of times sadly, a lot of times people make statements that are based on really shaky foundations, you know, and it's, and, uh, they say things that, um, anyway, they just, I'm not talking about Christians making proclamations like that. I'm just talking about going to people who just don't really have any sort of religious grounding. And they just say a lot of things um, that sound comforting, but are built on a shaky foundation. And so my point to all that is just to say, the Bible gives us a firm foundation to build our hope. And that's where I want to bring in 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57, which is that great passage. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? Sin results in death, but and the law gives sin its power. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And to say, you know, we can have hope in the midst of death because of what Christ has done for us. And, you know, we as humans, we brought death into this world. We brought it in this world through sin. Um, but death loses its power. It loses its sting ultimately in Christ and uh, through Christ's salvation. So th- here's where I think we have a 
strong gospel message, you know, a strong gospel opportunity. If we haven't already hit it, we can hit it again. Like, here's the hope. Here's the solid rock. Here's the opportunity, you know. Um, And so here's where we can really encourage that person, especially at our church. This is coming after Easter. So hopefully we'll have some people who, um, you know, are still who maybe now are intrigued, interested in Jesus, but haven't made that commitment to follow him yet. Um, and so this could be the opportunity for that. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything more about yes. that. Cause I also have some other ideas about how to, how to apply this to Christians, but I don't know if you want to talk about the gospel part of it first anymore. No, that's good. I think it's good to bring the gospel. In, and I notice you kind of tie in the idea of, you know, fear and anxiety mm-hmm. um, for a Christian. I, th- I do think that's compelling that we, we approach death with hope. We don't approach death with fear. Yeah, you know, I, I was just thinking that the series idea is what you believe about eternity changes how you live today. So I was just thinking, what does that mean for death and the Christian? And what I think it means mm. is, is that we don't have to fear death because what is death ultimately? Um, death is the doorway to heaven. It's the doorway to God. And so that doesn't mean that we seek out death, right? Because that's not god honoring that's not right um but it means that we don't have fear now i think legitimately (laughs) there's some anxiety and stress over the means of our death you know like in in other words i don't want to i don't want to have some long sickness that's many years and is gonna slowly break down my body um i don't want that for myself i don't think anyone wants that for themselves and so i could get how there's stress there but but really i think if we think biblically about this and if we really you know trust god with our future and and i i really think we can look death in the face and say i don't fear you because worst case scenario i'm with jesus and that's a pretty good scenario you know um so i i think this i I hope this is encouraging to christians too yeah and i would say that you know for anyone that has had a brush with death maybe an illness that uh, that could have taken their life or almost did. I think I think it really causes you to say, "Am I really in Christ?" You know, and, and this is a good opportunity to to say that. You know, if 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 you're not sure, mm-hmm. you know, come to Christ today, um, because the Bible says we can have assurance, we can have confidence. We don't have to wonder, you know, what's on the other side. Did I am I going to be there? Because it's not about how much we've done, but it is about our response to his offer, his free offer of grace. And, and so it's good. I think it might be a good opportunity to just kind of to invite everyone. Um, there might even be kids, students there, kids there. There might be a husband or a spouse there who, you know, maybe they've been coming for a while, but they've never really responded yet. Uh, that was a, that was a comforting moment um, to just say like, okay, this is the end, God, I, I, I trust you. And, and honestly, that even gives me a little confidence in my own, in my own salvation, my own assurance, just knowing that like when the chips were down, I, I believed in Jesus. Um, so I don't say that to prop myself up, but just to say like, it's, that's pretty, that, that's, uh, um, I don't know that, 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 that emboldens your faith when you have moments like that. Yeah, that's good. Any other thoughts about the end of this sermon here, Scott? Um, I think uh, I think we're I think we're good. I, I think you know there's a lot. I think it's good, like you said, to have in mind the messages on heaven, hell, and where those might go, so you don't try to go too far into that. Um, 
you know, you could say a lot more about, well, what exactly happens after you die? <laughs> and um, we just kind of have elected not to get too into the details and, and even too into the different views among Christians, just because on a Sunday morning, that's just a lot of information. And so we're trying to keep the mm -hmm. focus on the, the big idea. Yeah, and you can encourage people to find more on death at PursueGod.org if they want to talk about it with a group or mentor. But for the sermon, it's called um, First You Die. It's week one in the good place. You can find Scott's notes, his manuscript, and uh, slides and more resources along with the small group uh, video content that goes along with this particular sermon. Find it all at PursueGodNetwork.org in our sermon library.